Hear these words from John chapter 18. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. You may be seated. Well, a couple of weeks ago, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm married and I have a, a toddler um, who's two years old. We don't often get days set aside just for work around the house, but Somehow, a plan got canceled, and we had a whole day just to spend on errands, and it was wonderful. Um, but some things made it onto my honey-do list, one of which was to make a few phone calls. Fixing a bill with our insurance company, making a doctor's appointment, calling our phone service provider. You know, the fun calls. And y'all, I'm aware that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. I am. And most of the time, I think I'm a fairly patient person, but there's something about customer service calls that just awakens an anger in me at the brokenness of the world, because you know what happens, I get put on hold. And I start pacing and ranting in my house, and I'll call out across the house, this really shouldn't be that hard, 10 minutes. And then 20 minutes, Caroline, I've been on the phone 20 minutes. Caroline hears the worst of this, and she, she says this is me spiraling, and she's not wrong. <laughs> There's this awful music playing, or even worse, now sometimes they just play the nonstop advertisements, and you're stuck listening to them. But by far, the most infuriating part to me when you're put on hold is that about every 45 seconds, a robotic voice chimes in. And what does it say? It says, please stay on the line. Your call is very important to us. <laughs> Your call is very important to us. Well, sorry, but after about 30 minutes on hold, I don't really believe you, robot voice. This call is not important to you. That is a lie. <laughs> and there's a word for this specific kind of lie. It is known as lip service. You were saying one thing, but your actions are saying another thing. The definition of the term lip service says it refers to an insincere expression of respect, loyalty, or support. You were saying my call is important, but I've been on hold 30 minutes. That, robot, is lip service. You don't have to look too far to see other examples of lip service all over the place in the world around us. I'm sure you remember, right at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were all these commercials that came on from banks and cable companies and the like, and they used these words like together and family. What does that mean, Comcast, that I'm a member of your family? That's just lip service, lip service. And you know where else you encounter lip service all the time? Is politics. 
Oh, my sweet goodness gracious. And I'm not trying to disparage any politicians in the room because I believe it's a very, very difficult job. But I think we can all agree that we would be living in a utopia if half the things that were promised in election campaigns actually got accomplished. <laughs> hmm. That's not just true here in our context either. That's, through, that's true throughout history for elected officials and kings. It is just the way of things. People seem to promise something, but then it doesn't actually come to fruition. They promise something, but then they can't bring it about. It reminds me of uh, King George uh, in the musical Hamilton. When he found out about the American Revolution, he says, but I love them. I will send a fully armed battalion to remind them of my love. (laughs) That's lip service. But if we're being honest with ourselves... We encounter lip service in the church, too. Sometimes, maybe in this sanctuary, and sometimes when I look and examine it, maybe in my own life. As a matter of fact, many historians believe that the church is where this phrase lip service originated from the Old and New Testaments. The prophets talked often about God's people honoring God with their lips while their hearts were far away from him. Dr. Harry Fosdick, who was a pastor in New York in the early 1900s, he talked about how the same sentiment is alive and well today. And he said this about our modern way of worship, and buckle up because this is a little bit of a gut check for us here today. He says, the highest forms of worshiping Jesus can become ways of dismissing him. In other words, the highest forms of worship can become a way of checking a box, of saying something is important to you, but living your life in a different direction. Our worship, even when well-intended, can become lip service. And we are reminded that Jesus did not repeatedly command his disciples, worship me. He repeatedly commanded them to follow him. I wonder sometimes... When God's looking at me, if he feels like I do when I'm put on hold in one of these phone calls. Because I know we can often come together on Sunday morning and sing praises and make vows and affirmations and then live our lives with our hearts far away from God the rest of the week. And Sunday worship can become our way of picking up the phone again and telling God, your call in my life is very important to me. Please stay on the line. Lip service. Well, when you read through the Gospels, one thing is abundantly clear. Jesus isn't interested in being paid lip service. And that's what makes today's I am statement so interesting. If you don't know, we've been going through a series this summer on the I am statements of Jesus. We went through I am the truth, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and this last week we explored I am the light of the world, and we'll be in this series another two weeks after today. And each of these I am statements are things that Jesus said in order to try to explain who he is to us as God's people. But today's statement, I am the king, is unique because this is the only I am statement in our series that Jesus never actually says. (laughs) False advertising, sorry about that. As a matter of fact, out of all these I am statements, this is the only one that Jesus actively pushes back against. There is a tension between the idea of being a king and Jesus. We see it earlier in the Gospel of John. Jesus is with a large crowd, and they bring him some loaves of bread and some fish, and he miraculously is able to feed 5,000 people. And people are so celebratory and impressed that they lift him up 
on the spot and say, let us make you a king. (laughs) But it says Jesus goes away from them to be alone with God on the mountain. And later, we see Jesus' triumphant entrance into the holy city of Jerusalem, and people are lined up on the road going in. (laughs) They're all peeking, trying to catch a glimpse of this great king that's going to be entering the city, and they're waving the palm branches and singing the Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And they're all watching for this mighty war horse for him to be lifted up. But then when Jesus arrives, he's on a donkey. Not some grand vessel, but instead something humble and bred to be carrying a great weight a long distance. There's a tension between kingship and Jesus But nowhere is this tension between being a king and Jesus greater than in our scripture reading today, Jesus' encounter with Pontius Pilate while he's on trial. And Pilate, who's the Roman governor of the province at the time, he's trying to make sense of this man Jesus that's been brought before him. On the one hand, he's heard all these great things about him, and he knows he has a great many followers and reported miracles that he's done. But then on the other hand, none of those followers are here right now. And though he claims to be the son of God, God's own people are the ones that have brought Jesus forward to be crucified. And just physically, Pilate is looking Jesus up and down, and he doesn't see a mighty king. He sees someone that's tired, exhausted, beat up. And so he asks incredulously, are you the king of the Jews? You? And I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't answer with a yes or a no. Jesus doesn't say, no, I'm not the king, because if he said that, he would be lying. Because in a very real and true sense, Jesus is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, with more authority and dominion than Pilate could ever imagine. So Jesus can't honestly say, no, I'm not a king, but he can't say yes to the question either. Because if he says, yes, I am a king, then people will think of him the way they would think of Caesar or one of the other kings in the area or one of... Uh, Israel's historic kings. They might worship or pledge allegiance or revere him, enthrone him, but they wouldn't follow him. Just like all earthly kings, most of what he would have received would just be lip service. Your majesty. We will sing songs of your great name. We will have a ceremony for you. We will print your face on our coins, and then we will move on with our week. And Jesus isn't interested in that kind of worship. He wants more. He wants your heart to be close to his heart. He is interested not in lip service, but in life service. You may have noticed a painting included in your bulletin today, and I invite you to turn your attention to it. The painting's called What is Truth by Nikolai Nikolaevich Gay, who was a renowned Russian artist in the 19th century. And the first thing you probably see is Pontius Pilate's bowl cut, which is noteworthy. But the big picture of the painting, I want you to look at it. And notice how this is presented by Nikolai here. Notice how powerful Pilate's posture is. He's the one standing in the light. He's the one with a sneer on his face. And if we're being honest, Jesus looks rough. He's cast in shadow. His hair is unkempt. His followers have abandoned him. By all appearances, he is the one that's totally defeated in this situation. All of the power is in Pilate's hands. 
And this painting takes seriously the pain and the depth that Jesus was willingly carrying out of love for his friends, love for God's children, and love for us. Jesus didn't just give lip service to this idea of showing God's love. He gave himself in life service, humiliated, dejected, exhausted, and alone, and he did it for us. Even when we abandoned him and put him to death on a cross, he did it for us. Life service. What's interesting historically about this painting is that when Nikolai, who again was a very famous artist, he went to display this painting in a gallery. But those who ran the gallery denied him because they declared this painting to be blasphemous. They said it didn't display Jesus in a good enough light in order for it to be worshipful. They said Jesus should be depicted as beautiful, powerful, in charge, magnificent, larger than life. And to be fair, Jesus is all of those things. But the painting isn't interested in paying lip service to worshiping Jesus if we can't take seriously the Jesus depicted here. The painting is showing us the depths that Jesus went down into for our sake how painful and weary his journey to the cross was. And it shows us how Jesus used his kingly authority, which surpasses anything we've ever known, to give his life in service, even for those calling for him to be crucified. Not lip service, but life service. I know that this doesn't seem like the most optimistic picture, But believe it or not, this is our good news for today. Because in a world of so many empty promises, where so many people and organizations and presidents and kings all say one thing and do another, Jesus is a different kind of king. He serves us with his life, not his lips. He speaks the truth. He walks the truth because he is the truth. Even when our hearts are far away, his heart is close to us. And Jesus is always calling. Jesus is calling, and he isn't just saying, worship me. He is saying, follow me. (laughs) You could pray the perfect prayer, sing the purest notes of praise, write the greatest theological bestseller. You could paint the Sistine Chapel. And none of that would matter if you are not following Jesus. Jesus is calling, and he isn't interested in being put on hold. He is interested in you answering the call. And what is the call? To take up our cross and follow him. Our closing hymn today is on the back of your insert in your bulletin. And it's an old hymn from the Church of England written by Francis Ridley Havergal in the 1800s. But I want to call your attention to verse 3 of this hymn because I think it describes better than anything I can say the kind of kingship that Jesus is after. And this is going to be our closing prayer for this sermon today. Reign over me, Lord Jesus. O make my heart thy throne. It shall be thine, dear Savior. It shall be thine alone. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, friends, as we prepare to sing this closing hymn together, I do want to invite you forward. If this is a Sunday where you would like to unite in full membership with us here at Noonan First United Methodist Church, please come forward during the last verse of this hymn, and I'm happy to walk through that liturgy with you. 
And I would also just love to invite you, this altar is open to pray, or you could just pray in your seats. And a simple prayer today is, God, where are you calling me to follow you this week? Let us stand and sing our closing hymn together in full and glad surrender. receive this benediction. May you go from this place with the peace of Jesus Christ, and may he reign in your heart this week, (laughs) and may we not just worship but follow. We ask this in the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Go in peace.